Folks, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. As a seeker, sometimes you feel like you're flying blind. You can't necessarily see the path that you're on. And then all of a sudden the fog clears and you look out and you're on the precipice high up the mountain, much farther than you thought you were. You look down and it's petrifying because you've ascended so much. You recognize that when you connect with certain spirits, the goal is to not look down, but to keep going. As I continue to traverse the musical landscape of our cultural history, it is so humbling to be able to connect with cats that had an indelible mark on music in general, both in the studio and on the bandstand. These cats come from all different parts of the country. Having the opportunity to interview people like Phil Upchurch from Chicago, or Steve Cropper from Stax Records, or Louis Shelton going out to the Wrecking Crew from Little Rock, Arkansas. All these little pockets of regional sound created these individual records, which were made by real human beings in the studio, hitting at the same time. Obviously, if you fuse that with spirituality, then you realize that collectively as a whole, the unit is greater than the sum of its parts, and then the music becomes bigger and transcends the individual. The cats, I have, the cats have had an impact on so many records that my generation and older generations have lived off for years. They play little parts and serve the songs as conduits for information from the heavens. For the most part, the cats had a chance to play with the original masters of the music and learn to get out of their own way to become part of the musical conversation. Lavender Fields, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thank you. I want to ask you just straight off, can you talk about how comfortable you are working with a with a band? Um, uh, well, actually, I'm mostly a solo artist. Um, so I use Ableton Live and different software uh, softwares to create full sound that doesn't necessarily uh needs a band but sometimes I play with a band too but mostly like a drummer or a bassist well, can you Nothing talk about your experience? I mean because I, I I've noticed I I want you to just talk about I mean from my point of view I'm 43 and uh you know I understand that you know from a cost perspective it's uh it can be conducive to make your own music obviously you have full creative control but can you talk about a working band that you played in and, and that what that experience was like? Yeah. Um, well, I guess I started out playing music in New York City and I um I had a band at that time. Um and it was really fun at first, and then it was just like kind of challenging to organize musicians and to coordinate and get everyone to show up and stuff like that. So I kind of like drifted off of that journey and learned how to produce music and have been in electronic music experience. Um, but lately I've been really missing playing with people. So I actually, I just teamed up with a, with a live drummer and musician. So we're gonna perform together now. So I'm excited because I feel like um, the sense of uh, camaraderie in the band and just like having other human beings 
creating music with you. Um, there's something so magical about it, something that no like electronic device can really replicate. Um, exactly. So I feel like it's, yeah, I feel like it's really great when you find someone with great chemistry that has great chemistry with you musically um, and you can play with that person, but it's so difficult to find. <laughs> those people are rare. Um, but I have definitely found those people in my life. So I'm grateful. Um, whenever I have opportunity to play with other people, I'm very grateful for that. Just going back to New York for a second. I mean, what was the, aside from just trying to herd cats and whatnot, I mean, would you say that it got a little bit um, tedious in terms of, um, I mean, just in terms of your musical philosophy, um, I really don't want to go to see a show where, you know, the, the, the band is playing the same song the same way every night. Um, and I realize a lot of people get very successful off of that and they get very wealthy off of that. But I, I guess a twofold question, what became so tedious about the live band experience? And are you secure enough on the bandstand with people to never play the same song the same way once? Yeah, that would be great. That's like what Grateful Dead did. D, uh, That's they, right. They there like... you go. That's exactly right. What I'm saying is it's the idea that the themes are there, but it's never – that's Phil Lesh's line. And and to me, uh, uh, you know, that's just the way music should be played. But I'm just a journalist. I, 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 I look at you. I see your light. I can see that you're a healer. And – I don't want you to be in isolation. So I guess what I'm, I, I want to know your philosophy as it relates to that sort of grateful dead ethos. Um, yeah, well, I mean, if it was up to me, I would definitely expand myself into like a huge band and like a symphony of instruments. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I started doing solo stuff out of like necessity more so because it's like more stealthy and um but yeah there's that element that always bothers me a lot that it's just like this electronic music is so set in its form when you perform like you do have space for improvisation but not as much as if you had a band and you were like so rehearsed well rehearsed that you could do um different set every night that's definitely goals for sure <laughs> Okay, so let, let me, so I mean, I, I'm having a ball talking to Lavender Fields here on the Jake Feinberg show. <laughs> um, but I, again, uh, then this is just me. So don't, you know, you can just riff on it any way you want. Um, it, yes, you have to have your rudiments and, and obviously you want the band to know the tunes. But I look at that word, mm -hmm. that, that rehearsal, that R word as a dirty word, because you can rehearse a song to death and then you take all the soul out of it as opposed to uh having yeah. having spaces where there's really an opportunity to to stretch out again i don't have to do it it's easy for me to sit here and talk i'm not a professional musician i'm just saying the bands the, the cats that i love my peers especially the older generation i mean they're always going for it and i have you been in an experience, maybe not as a leader, but just in a group of people where you guys were constantly taking chances 
going over the edge, falling down, picking yourself back up, dusting yourself off, and burning. Oh, wow. That sounds incredible. I don't know if I have been. In that. That's cool. I want. <laughs> yeah. that's, well, that's, that's why we connected because um, I am. I think so. This is yeah. like a like a divine message for me. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, listen, I am a, uh, in my own way uh, as a healer. My job after 12 years and 2000 radio interviews and we're not on the radio anymore, but um, it's to push people out of their comfort zone. And so. I didn't give you a lot of information about the show, things like that. I, to me, this is, this is liberation in, within the music. So I, I, and I, I noticed our mutual friends on Facebook and I'm like, you know, she's hip to some, some really hip cats. And I, if there's, if nothing else, um, I want you to begin to collaborate with some of these people so that you can really push yourself out of your comfort zone. That's really my MO on any, any interview, not just yours. Oh, wow. That's very beautiful of you to say that. Yes, definitely. That's what it is like uh, pushing yourself out of the comfort zone. Because a lot of it can be uncomfortable. Like, yeah, if you start thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, we got to get out. So tell me a but, little bit yeah. about, I mean, like in terms of uh, growing up, did you grow up in New York? No, I um. I've been in the States for um like half my life and I grew up in Russia and I came here wow. at like 16. So I guess I don't really have a sense of belonging to either places. I just kind of like consider myself as like a global citizen more so. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting path. It's been... And uh, yeah, New York has been a place where I started out. Um, I went to college um, to study journalism and creative writing. And then I was interning at this one um, news TV station and they did not hire me, which I thought they really would hire me. So I got really heartbroken. <laughs> I was like, wow, mm, I'm sorry. I'm just yeah. going like, to like, I'm just going to like, yeah, it broke my heart like heavy. Mm, and then I decided to pursue music, which is something that I really wanted to do because I've been playing classical piano since I was a kid. Like four years old, I started. Um, <clears throat> my family are musicians, well, classical musicians. And um, <clears throat> yeah, um, after college, I just like, series of events happened. I drank ayahuasca for the first time. Like my mind was like wide open. And uh, I started on this journey uh, of, of like self-discovery and um, spiritual path. And I moved out of New York too. And I, I've been thinking lately, I was like, oh, it would be fun to visit New York City again. Well, I think, I but, mean, yeah. I, I mean, first of all, I went to Boston University uh, for broadcast journalism. And I every time I looked at the the TV screen, I would become very anxious so i never had my heart set on being in front of on the tv per se and it took me a while to um you know really find my voice ultimately i realized when i got back on am radio in tucson where i live um in 2011 
I realized, I said, you know, I I have these sponsors that are keeping me on the air a couple hours a week, but, you know, <clears throat> I if I'm going to do something, I want to do something that has legacy to it. And so it took yeah. me a couple years to really find my voice. And I know you're just getting hip to my show, but, you know, it, there was a lot of, I listened back to those first couple of years and it's like, um, it's painful to sort of listen to me sort of know what I want to say, but having a hard time getting it out. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately it's not, yeah. you know, it's, it's not a podcast. It's always been conversational. I, I would not respect myself if I just was like riffing on topics in a solo fashion. This is more like getting in the ring with like the masters of music and ultimately asking them questions really more ph philosophical based, not, not theory based. So I mean, in some ways, I just wonder with you, um, you know, like where, where do you feel like you need to grow the most as a musician? I, my, my overarching point is I, I think it was probably a blessing that um, you didn't get the gig um, because it set you on yeah. a path. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like how, how my 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 thing is i i how i want you to find your i want you to be able to find your individual voice and that's the because it, because back in the day you listen to any record specifically jazz um you know you can you can tell who the drummer is everybody had their own individual sound in fact that was um considered uh absolutely a, a pride thing like if somebody came up to you and said oh great you sound just like so and so They'd want to slit their wrists. So there was this individuality component. Now, especially as it relates to instrumental music, there's a lot of homogenization of sound. So what do you think are some of the tenets of your own individual voice, regardless of whether you found it or not? What are the things that allow you to cut above the morass of everybody else making electronic music? Um, I think music came to me as a mean of, um, self-healing and uh, in general healing and it's always been it it always came from that place of wanting to heal with my music so I always put some extra healing intention and some positive vibrations into my music and if it's not like all positive it's some kind of like a message of overcoming um, difficulties and and still um, having reverence for life and for nature. Um, I would say maybe that is something that um, makes it different from other types of electronic music. But I would definitely love to grow into expanding my musicality and collaborating with different people. Like you said, yeah, maybe maybe this is the season for that. It is. No, it clearly <laughs> Thank we you have for connected. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I see you. I, I can see that um, that's what your next step is. Can you, can you give an example of some of, of a message within a tune or even sing a mess? I've seen you, you're quite, you love to perform and sing. I, I'd love you to sing a message song to the audience. <laughs> if you'd like. Yeah. Um, well, I have the song light up the world. Um, Mm. 
Making the record stand on the ground. Babylon living in Hollywood town. Looking through illusions, eyes wide shut. Walking in confusion, sheep are us. Be a good shepherd, bring them all home. They went astray into a form was molded for them. Lavender gem, come on, come on, come on, come again. Light up the world. Oh, light of the world. Light of the world is kind of like oh, that is so message. beautiful, so beautiful. <laughs> you know, thank you. You kind of put me on the spot. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it it uh. So, tell me, this is fascinating to me. Um, do you feel um like growing up in russia uh maybe your parents uh maybe they maybe they didn't understand your path but did they respect your path and do they still res do they respect the path that you're on no no <laughs> okay no. you know you know why because no. I, I i want you to talk about that because you know what i i i i my feeling is that you know, this is going to serve as a platform um, uh, for you. Uh, it, it is my honor to to allow you to sort of just extrapolate on that. But how hard has it been? Have you learned at a certain have you learned at a certain point to say, you know, because when I went off on my journey, I was married with two kids. I was mm -hmm. working. I was working in special education. <laughs> I was burning out uh, and I just kind of was like okay my kids are the most important thing but truthfully i am not interested in being a domesticated person if i'm miserable i'd rather do something mm -hmm. that's going to fill yeah. my soul no matter what the consequences are and at a certain point my folks they were like totally freaking out they were like what are you doing i don't understand and and, and <laughs> at first i was trying so hard to you know show them or explain to them or send them the interviews or you know show them you know i was so insecure and then at a certain point once you get to a point when you're interviewing uh, consistently major major people mm -hmm. and you know standing in the ring with them and pulling stories out of them that they've never talked about before uh, you know at a certain point you stop you don't need to prove it anymore you're just you just move yeah. on and, and you and you know that over time uh either they're going to open their eyes and come around to it or not but you're not intent on trying to prove anything to them and i want to know where you're at in that in that point because that to me is is part of uh, of your uh, of the ability for you to sort of break free and even become more yourself is um playing with other people falling down getting back up sitting in the mess and realizing that no matter what you are on your you have found your purpose in life yeah wow that's beautiful thank you um yeah my actually um i think i think we're all uh, spiritual beings like cosmic energies coming to earth to learn and my my specific um journey has been a discovery of for me it's been a discovery of 
unconditional love for people that are not like able to love you. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, but that's really and, hard. Um, that is so hard. Yeah, it's been so hard. Yeah, my, my family like never supported my musical career and artistic expression or even like myself as a person. So it's been definitely like constantly constantly like having compassion and understanding because of their their background too because um it's really tough out there like it's the society is really oppressed and you can feel it like in people's you can see it in people's eyes and you can feel it in their attitude and it's just like I have a lot of compassion for for that place on earth because it's been constantly oppressed for like so many years and I feel like the spirit um spirit of people have been taken away from them really and I really understood that because of this unsupportive um, family that I've had um, that constantly like really never understood me and never will understand me probably and so at this point, I really accepted it and realized how to um how to have respect for like the per that your own incarnation and the person that you are, and all the gifts that you've been given, um and have respect for that enough that you don't really care about opinions of others or don't let them um affect you. But it's, yeah, it's definitely not easy for sure. Like, <laughs> it's been definitely very challenging, this whole journey. And um, what, hopefully what, uh, I'm on the other side of it now. <laughs> well, I, I mean, part of it is, I mean, they, your folks would have, um, I mean, what's happening today, at least at the hierarchical level of Russia is just, awful and it's just like you know i know it's so terrible. repressive and it's and you know china is very similar um but russia you know have you did, did you experience um uh were you experiencing a cosmic uh transmissions early in your life regardless of whether you could communicate it or not do you remember the first time you sort of had, did you have out of body experiences as a young, as a young girl? Well, I remember like my first experiences as a child, like my first memory, I had this feeling of like, um, I was just somewhere else. And now I'm here. Like, this is weird because it was just something clearly was like prior to this experience. And I remember just this, having this feeling of like being here all of a sudden on this earth and that was definitely like a mystical experience that like, I still remember that. And I guess um, if you think of incarnation, that makes sense. Um, and also like growing up very young, like I was always attracted to different spiritual traditions. And I would go to a bookstore and um, pick up books on um, like yoga mudras and yoga Tibetan Buddhism I had this girlfriend we're like maybe 10 11 and we're both like interested in Tibetan Buddhism and and walking on hot coals and and reading all these like new age self-help stuff like even in Russia like wow it's like I remember being so young and just 
being fascinated with that part of life. So I guess it's always been a part of me. And then throughout my life, I've been like practicing many different spiritual practices and traditions. Could you talk? But a little my bit? family never. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was gonna say my family never like made me um go to church or anything like that. Like I was baptized maybe one time, and and that's it. That was my whole experience with um like they never made me be in any spiritual tradition. So I'm very grateful for that. They so would have. Open they would have preferred you to takes uh some kind of more traditional route or even be a broadcaster in russia for state tv i'm not what would they have wanted you to do i don't even know to be honest that's a good huh. question <laughs> just, i feel like general like unhappiness and just transferring that to other people and like trying to control when they when someone sees you being happy and free and they never had freedom like of course they'll be um, like creating opposition to it, I feel like that's a part of it. And you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's their own projection out on you. I I I'd love for you to talk a little bit about. You know, I've interviewed a lot of cats who came uh, over from Europe back in the '50s and the early '60s. They came over by there was no planes per se. They came over by boat and they made their own sort of life for themselves. Turned it into a music career back when music really dictated our culture and there was a lot of opportunity. Um, but how did you wind up making the decision? Why did you decide um, to come to the United States? Um, It was like when I was in school, when you're in high school, you can, um, there was like a program where you just come here and um, you learn the language and you go back. And yeah, I just, I don't know. It was just kind of like divinely guided, honestly. Sometimes they say that you can only understand your life in hindsight. So just looking back, it starts making sense. But I was, I was definitely guided to where I am right now. And I think the reason why I had to grow up in Russia is because they really taught me how to play piano. <laughs> it was really strict and militant, like, I would have a clock atop of my piano and have to had to like play three hours every single day. And now I can play piano like blindfolded or in any kind of state. And that's awesome. Very grateful for that. So there's probably like a specific reason why. Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure. It's a part of a great mystery <laughs> and the plan of the creator. When you uh, I could have been anyone. Yeah, well, I mean, you're if you're, I mean, you know, to me, like when I interviewed um, Klaus Vormann, who um, did the album covers for a couple of the Beatles albums and played on a lot of George Harrison's records, he he grew up playing piano, oh, and wow. and his teacher had to put a dog collar on him because, and she would keep yanking <laughs> it up because. He grew up in, in Hamburg, I think, in Germany, but he didn't, he didn't, she kept wanting him to read the music and he would not, he would consistently yeah. put his head, his head down. And, you know, I, I guess the, the question I have is, yes, you had, so you had, the timer was on, you had to practice for three hours a day. 
you come from a classicalized setting. And I mean, I don't have anything against classical music, but at a certain point, it's just like, it's just rote. And it's just, it, it to me, it's like um, a, yeah. almost a formula trip. Tell me a little bit about your, I mean, to me, the next video I want to see from Lavender Fields is you really stretching out improvisationally. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about, you know, sort of where you're at in that endeavor. Oh. And the idea of like taking a song, do you have a couple of original songs that lend themselves to you to be able to stretch out, take as many bars as you want? Yeah, I love doing that actually. Um, that's a great idea. I well, really I'm glad, you know, I can feel it. And yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, on piano, perhaps, because um, piano is something that I can do that on. Um, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Kemi, can you talk a little bit about opportunities that you've had to imp to play instrumental music? Um, I guess your exposure to, I hate labels, but um, like jazz, for instance. I mean, not that you're playing the Village Vanguard, but have you dipped your toe in that water yet? Oh, uh, not so much jazz. I actually, I've collaborated with my friend Aaron Dugan. He's an amazing guitar player in New York City. Um, and we've created some music together and we're planning on creating more. And he's a jazz uh, guitarist. Uh, my, I think something that I'm really attracted to is, um, have you heard of Alice Coltrane and her music? Oh, very familiar with her, yes. Yeah, so I, I really resonate with that kind of jazz, like experimental. I, I, um, some, people would, some people would call that spir really spiritual, spiritual jazz, yeah. Yeah, yeah, spiritual jazz, exactly. So I see myself imp improvising something, um, something like that. Um, I really love playing Lotus. He combines a lot of different genres. Um, yeah. Are you play you play I harp? Think, you play, uh, you, you play the you play the you play the harp like Alice or how many are you multi instrumentalist? Yeah, I play uh, I play a little bit of harp. I don't currently have a harp, but it's super fun. It's actually very similar uh, to piano. It's a similar technique. Um, I play guitar. Um, electronic instruments. I play Bansuri flute. It's an Indian flute that I um, learned how to play when I was in India. I love Indian music. That's like a big passion of mine. I learned, I studied. Um, yeah, maybe a something along those lines, like Indian classical music combined with uh, spiritual jazz <laughs> listen to you no it's i mean I'm, like i mean i've interviewed uh tons of <clears throat> guys like zakir hussein i'll send you those interviews because like i mean to me you know the polyrhythms oh. of indian music um are unquantifiable did you go to the did you go to the ganges yeah. did you go to the did you did you bathe in the ganges river or what did you do when you were there Oh my God! I went to Varanasi, which is um. Yeah, so the, you're a Sufi. You're like a Sufi. In... Yeah, my God! Mm -hmm. I can't believe you went there. Go ahead. 
It, yeah, it's the only city in North India. And um, I went there with my ex-boyfriend, who is a tabla player, and he's a drummer for Munhuj band. And um, we went on this like musical, spiritual journey, and we were taking um, Indian musical music lessons every day. And it was right on the River Ganges. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but there is uh, this place there where they burn bodies. I know it's been it. going on for like 4,000 years. Yeah, that's that's where Varanasi is. And there's different, like they call them ghats, um, G-H-A-T. And there, um, there's like several ghats on the river Ganges and each one of them has like a different thing going on. And the first one had Indian music concerts um, early in the morning, right before the sunrise. Well, first it was like this puja ceremony. These ashram girls would come and sing and they would perform these beautiful dances with cobras and, and fire dancing. And then there would be Indian classical music. So one time I got to actually play there and it was so epic and beautiful. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, I played yeah. classical Indian music. Yeah. And Indian people really love when Westerners pick up their instruments and uh, and really love their culture and express interest in their culture. So Indian people are really, really welcoming and sweet. And that was just such a beautiful experience. And, and then and then we went to climb the Himalayas in Nepal uh, to the seven sacred lakes of Shiva that are on top of the Himalayas. And you can see Tibet from there. It was, oh uh, yeah, it was just divine. <laughs> I, I was going to say that... Uh... That was probably like the most... <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, a, that's mystical. I, I feel like you are operating... Uh on the level of, uh, I don't know if you've in the book, in your bookstore shopping, if you've come across Sufism, but you remind me of a, a Sufi in some ways, yeah. you know, like, uh, it's the mystical side of Islam. Oh. You know, you're not is you're not Islam, you're not Muslim, but, yeah. uh, it's the one that, you know, it, to me, Varanasi is interesting because, you know, there are cats that, uh, they might only have 15 rupees, but they'll spend that on a bus ticket in order to bury their, ancestors there you know people come from all over india to that place yeah yeah i saw the processions that they do uh they carry the body with the whole band around them and they sing these like really uplifting songs to kind of celebrate the life of the person and they carry the body wrapped in silks and flowers all throughout the city to the to the burning site and it's 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 a crazy sight. Like at first I was kind of scared. <laughs> and then the second day it was just like, okay, like we're all going to be there. It's a natural part of life. Kind of came with, came to peace with that. But yeah, it's. How, uh, profound. how, how, uh, what kind of, um, you know, meditative practices do you have? I mean, to me playing drums even if it's just for me, even if it's just to records, you know, Afro-Cuban records or, you know, that can get you into a state of yeah. or spiritual discharge. I'm just curious about you. How, how much are you able to stay in the moment? Um, well, 
I have different practices. Um, definitely just simple meditation is something that I always need to do more of. <laughs> but I like to do Kundalini yoga. I do it almost every day. I feel like it gives me a lot of energy and uh, like fire within. Um, I'm def I've definitely been a fan of yoga like my whole life and love doing it. Just stretching and breathing and uh, playing music as this whole spiritual practice in itself. Like you're saying, um, drums can definitely get you in that in that state. And actually playing flute also does something to you or it literally like makes you high playing playing. Absolutely. Flute. Absolutely. Uh... I love it. <laughs> yeah. You're on your path. Uh, yeah. Anya, I can't I Anya, you know, like I mean, can you talk about um, what you learned the most coming out of the <clears throat> the ayahuasca ceremony? I mean, was there um, was there a very blissful period, and then also a very like sort of harrowing kind of experience? I mean, a lot of people I talk to that do these kind of retreats they they talk about sort of this very a time of a lot of angst and then a time of beauty, but you know, there's, there's sort of dark and light to it. And I just wanted you to take us through your experience with that and ultimately kind of mm -hmm. how, how it changed you on the other side. Yeah, I think it completely changed my life. Like I can date my life before <laughs> I was experience and after honestly, because it was just so profound that it changed everything. Um, it's definitely a journey through the darkness to light, um, the the actual journey itself is sort of like that. You start out, you drink the medicine, and then you go into this dark forest where you um, uh, you are revealed to yourself. I feel like the medicine shows you yourself and your actions, and you just and then you really become to understand a lot of things and patterns in your life. And sometimes it's like on a physical level, even if um, like when I drank it first, it really showed me all the like um, everything that I've put in my body that's not um, beneficial to my body. So I just remember like experiencing every chemical I've ever put into my body and having this revelations like, oh my God, like I'll never do this to my body again. And I really <laughs> never did. Like it really changed my body. Yeah, like it really changed my life to for the better. I started eating better and just like having a better lifestyle, more wholesome. Um, and then once you come out of of the shadow and this dark forest, there's this bliss and such deep reverence for life, and um, gratitude and amazing just like ecstasy of life. That's how I can describe it. You're always like smiling and blissful so it's like a purification journey i would say and it's very long lasting too if you can integrate the lessons you know mm -hmm. uh my uh my show revolves around uh, the four l's and i wanted to go through that with you um and the first one is uh is leadership and you know, to me, like this sort of goes back to what we're talking about at the beginning, which is um, 
you know, being if you're going to be a leader of a band, uh, you know, what are the most important qualities of leadership? What are the things that you have to work on the most um, in order to be a competent leader? I mean, for a long time, uh, with uh, when John Coltrane joined Miles Davis's band, he kept going up to Miles and saying, "What do you want me to play? What do you want me to play?" And Miles kept turning his back on him. And Train eventually realized that uh, Miles actually wanted him to be himself and to play himself. That's why he brought him into the band. And uh, so that's one form of leadership, yeah. is bringing people in because you're going to let them do what they do best. But for you, sometimes people learn what good leadership is because they had a bad leader as a band leader and they learned what not to do. But what do you say are the most effective qualities of leadership on the bandstand? I think it's having compassion and understanding and not to let your your like ego to to um destroy things and have respect for people and meet them where they are and definitely let them do what express them, themselves naturally um yeah just having having respect for everyone and Definitely self-confidence um, in your purpose, confidence in your mission, that's important. Compassion and wisdom too. Like in Buddhism, they say compassion and wisdom are inseparable. So you need both to be a good leader, I feel like. Yeah. How do you feel? And strength like of character. Absolutely. I mean, but in terms of you specifically, how far along on the do you feel like you've evolved in those areas? I mean, these are just platitudes, but specifically for you, um, especially looking back on that first band that you had in New York, um, you know, do you feel like you how do you feel you're doing with the things that you just mentioned in terms of, um, you know, in, in a group context? Because ultimately, that is the seed that we are planting today is the idea of moving forward yeah. in, in an insecure time in a discouraging world connecting with people over time that are going to lead you to further peace and leadership and i just wonder um do you do you have a hard time con with control is that one reason maybe you're sort of apprehensive to join or, you know, you know, get with a group of people? I think it was um, something that was discouraging is trying to, like, get everyone on the same level of, like, enthusiasm as you are, maybe. Right. And if it's not working out, you get, you get like, kind of, like, a little bit, like, upset or hurt or something like that. Um, so... I feel like I've definitely evolved and learned a lot of things and spiritually evolved. So I feel like I'm ready. Give it a shot again. <laughs> what yeah, is your more understanding? Yeah. And that's where the understanding and compassion comes in. Um, what is your concept of love and how do you bring love to the world? Mm. Love is 
understanding and caring for others, other living beings and sentient creatures. Um, love is warmth and generosity and care and gratitude, um, reverence for life and for each other. Uh, how do I bring love to the world? I guess on the micro level, just caring about people and animals that I like in my immediate surrounding and then my community and um, healing music and art and putting those messages of healing and love into the art that I make and the music that I make. And I'll forever be doing that <laughs> forever because love is really the, the only thing that matters in the world because like when you take away everything, there is only love that stays with you. And like when you die also, you can only take love with you and hmm. how much you've loved will really matter at the end of the day. So love is everything. <laughs> love is the glue that holds it all, all together. <laughs> um, the third L is life. And that involves uh, overcoming adversity. And I realize you've overcome a lot in your life. Um, I'm just wondering what is some current adversity that you're facing and what you're planning on doing to lean into it in order to overcome it. Uh, again, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone uh, to keep growing. Um, adversity I'm facing, not really anything major, but definitely like expanding my musical sphere and getting out of my comfort zone and um, um, bringing myself out there to the world, a new community. I just moved into a new place. And um, yeah, it's like when you just move to a new place and you start. So I guess just that I'm gonna be working on um, um, thinking about the vision and the means of of bringing that vision to to life. Can I ask you? Did you? Uh, some of our mutual friends are based. Some of them I've interviewed based out of uh, Colorado. But are you in California now? Where are you at? Yeah, I'm in California. I just moved to this place called Nevada City, California. It's it's on Yuba River, and it's really gorgeous. It's like these cedar trees and mountains and and rivers um it's a big change for me because i used to live in san diego like more city vibe so it's been uh it's been definitely like this cold dark winter but i'm creating a lot and a lot coming out of it which is great yeah i want you to be to be to treat yourself well because um I mean, obviously, you, you know the lay of the land, but that that town is, <laughs> I mean, I don't know from a hole in the wall, but it can be, I don't know, just be patient in terms of trying to find community uh, because um, I, I seem to remember interviewing some cats from there, not musicians per se, but 
it's kind of difficult um, in that, I mean, San Diego is its own little world, but, um, you know, if, if things don't, you know, happen right away, it may not totally happen in Nevada City either. Um, but, I mean, the beauty and the nature is important. I just don't want you to, um, you know, push yourself too hard in terms of trying to find those people. Uh, be, uh, hopefully they'll come naturally, but. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah. I was thinking about that, actually. I was just like, oh, I guess like when you live in, in a place like New York City, you always have all these great musicians around you. It's so much easier, so much culture. And that was definitely crossing my mind. <laughs> so thank you for saying that. Well, I do want you um, to, I don't want you to. Yeah. And my I friend mean, was it, like. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. My friend was saying, um, he, your humans are like portable trees. You can always move. So we'll see where it takes me. Absolutely. This isn't your final destination. I really, I, I can feel that you are a very spiritual, you're, you're a healer. And I think that, um, you know, you really are, you have a ways to go to really encapsulate and find your vision and your voice. But, um, you know, for me, I think one of the best, the best things about life, you know, people think, or they say that, you know, you go through <clears throat> teenage years and you grow up and you go to college, you go through these growth spurts and stuff, but actually you can go through growth spurts in many different times of your life. And in the last 12 years, I just have continued to expand my knowledge and I've learned most of it through the cats themselves. I'm not necessarily a voracious oh, reader, yeah. but you know, it's just one of those things where, um, I oftentimes come to people that require and need a lot of spiritual energy to go into the intergalactic. And that's really ultimately what I want um, to, you're already kind of there and I want to give you another boost into mm. even a higher level of cosmic consciousness. That is absolutely important in this time. You are really doing it alone. Um, you know, I came from a family that, there was a lot of unconditional love, kind of different from where you came from, which has its drawbacks. But, mm -hmm. you know, I am, you know, I am very humbled to uh, to connect with you. And I, I, I really will send you as much uh, healing prayers and spiritual warmth and energy as humanly possible, though I really will tell you. Nevada City is not your final destination. Thank you. You're so sweet. Thank you so much. Just like coming through and like lighting up my world majorly today. I'm very grateful. Like, oh, everything that you said was literally like on my mind somewhere already, but you just like confirmed everything. So thank you. <laughs> it's my it. it's my honor. No, I that's that's I mean, as you see my work more, uh you will know that uh, my I am really a, a voltage, a person of voltage that, especially in the lot, I'm going to New England this weekend to see my favorite band. And when I get in the front oh, row, when I go to, when I get in the front row, um, it's my job. I think a lot of people think that, you know, it's about, you know, sort of uh, letting the band get there first. But as an audience member, as a fanatic, 
I bring voltage to the bandstand. And once you get the musicians out of their thinking mind and they're in the spirit mind, then all bets are off. And that's going to become just an absolutely epic. Ep- I mean, you know, I, I'm, I am definitely, wow. yeah, it's really like, I'm, I feel so honored to talk to you because, um, you know, it, it's just important to continue to fill people um, with, you know, it's a very discouraging world and it's a very tough time in this country, especially to make it in music. But I would just say that you've been on, you've been doing this dance for a long time and you've had a lot of different experiences and I am here to continually try to push you and inspire you, um, to just continue to expand and evolve. The last L before I let you go is lineage. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted you, you to, of course, mm-hmm. I wanted you to talk about the lineage of your, of your spirit and your family uh, going back to, you know, uh, even uh, ancestors. I mean, clearly whether or not your, your, your family, I think probably misunderstands you. Um, and they probably resent you to some degree because you have such a free spirit. But there must have been people in your mm-hmm. family who are you are descending from that are probably looking down on this conversation and feeling very happy right now. And I just wonder if you could talk a little bit about the lineage of your of your blood. Yeah, actually, um, I uh, my grandma. She is a professor of ecology and um, she taught me from, I remember she was like taking me on hikes all the time when I was little and showing me all the plants around and uh, helped me identify the plants and the earth. So she really instilled that love for the earth in me. And she's probably like the only person who like supports me for my um, achievements and in music and art. And um, also, I found out there was a great great grandma that I had that had a lot of land in Poland and she was this really powerful woman who grew food and she also was hiding Jews like wow. hundreds of them on her land and like wow. feeding them and then thousands of people came to her funeral and she was just such a powerful woman so I really loved hearing about that I was like wow that's like really really beautiful light of the world (laughs) that gives me a lot of like strength and um encouragement so I feel like maybe I'm connected with her somehow and on my dad's side uh his his mother was a very spiritual woman and basically the entire family rejected her her whole entire life and she like died by herself in poverty, but um, she was a very mystical woman who was like misunderstood. And everyone told me that tells me that I look like her and I am like her. So I really feel her powers coming through me too. Um, so yeah, that's part, some powerful women. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? I mean, that that really is that speaks volumes. Um, and, you know, uh, I give a lot of credit to your, uh, here's my, my, the last thing I'll say is, you know, 
the, I think what I want you to focus on the most is um, recognizing that the work that you're creating, the, the stuff you, you have to create every day. I, I can see that you do. Um, you want to create content. You want to create quality content. But So creation is key. But the other thing is take some pressure off of yourself and realize that there are many chapters in life. And the most important thing for me, uh, you know, at, after 1,800 interviews, my fifth book coming out, really gaining the respect of my elders and my peers and becoming a, a force as a rogue journalist, I've also recognized that, um, that my work hopefully will go on long after I've left this, this life. And so I think you need to start thinking about um, mm. legacy and ultimately uh, creating inspirational content that you're getting off on, that it's not about you're not trying to, you know, make something more popular or, you know, taking have full creative control, be in that samadhi state, be in that blissful state. Be in that state where the synapses work faster than your logical mind can take you and create that art and figure out a way to disseminate it like you already are. But just know that you, what you're doing in this life will live af long after you've gone. And the ancestors that you are most identified with in your patterns of blood, they are definitely protecting you and looking down on you. And you should always, if nothing else, lean as heavily as you can on your grandmother who teaches ecology. There's no shame in, in leaning on the people that understand you. And because it's fruitless to do that with people who have shut off their hearts, closed their hearts, uh, just recognize they're not happy people. But I can see that you are, you have a very strong light. And, and when you get out of your own way, you can create very beautiful, beautiful stuff. So you know, bless you, my friend. It's just been very honored to talk to you. And oh, I know our, bless you. thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a ball, and our pat our paths will definitely cross in the near future. I also, you know, if you're Are ever you feeling in New York City, no, I, I was born in Long Island, so I know. I mean, I'm a New Yorker, but I live in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, and, Tucson. Okay. Yeah, in Arizona. So, uh, but I'm on the road quite a bit, traveling to see all my favorite. By the way, my favorite band you should check out because they basically epitomize everything in music that I love. Is they're called Circles Around the Sun, <laughs> and this one, one woman who uh, who uh, has her own band actually plays harp very much in the style of Alice Coltrane. Michaela Davis, you remind me very much of her spirit. Um, so you should check her out too. But um, I, I really, uh, anytime you feel like things are very heavy or dark, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, I'm always here for you. Oh, thank you so much. You're so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate every every bit of this. Yeah, it was it, I, it was a ball. It was a ball. And so go out. Go yeah. create and go have a good, and just happiness is our divine right. So just, you know, be happy yeah. and keep inspiring people, my friend.
Thank you. You as well. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Bless you, my friend. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.